Welcome to the Cannabivarum Podcast, the Cannabis Truth Podcast. I speak the language of cannabis freely and uncensored while educating my audience on the safe use of this live plant therapy. You should know what's in your cannabis, what's good and what's not. It does not come with an FDA stamp of approval, yet. Using cannabis mindfully as medication is a different concept in Western healthcare philosophy, specifically of the past 100 years. There's a lot to learn and reconsider. The information you'll find here comes straight from the scientists and clinicians doing the work and reporting their findings in real time through various online outlets. The scientific truth of cannabis is finally getting out and is wide open for all to see at respected medical sites like PubMed.gov and JAMA, the Journal of American Medical Association. And I'm right there in the thick of it with all those titans of medicine as a fly on the wall. Because I'm not a doctor. I didn't go to med school. I took dozens of private cannabis courses offered by cannabis scientists online over the past few years and slowly began to understand the bigger picture. But I'm not a medical doctor or scientist. Oh, I can talk to one about cannabis and hopefully inspire more doctors and patients alike to research the facts as we know them today and decide alternative health paths for themselves. This is Honey Smith Walls, a 21st century cannabis shaman, not a doctor, not a scientist, just here to explain this great big story and the language of cannabis in its historical, political, and scientific terms, so you can make educated decisions about the medicine you choose to ingest. Hey, my friends. I'm really delighted that you could join Dr. Leah Johnson and me as we take another look behind the curtains into this great, big, huge medical machine. You know, this Western system that we have here in the United States as we're trying to include cannabis, there is so much to consider, and she helps us see a lot of that mess. Thanks for joining us again. Here we go. Uh, for those who don't know, California just got signed, and yay for, for Governor Newsom. I'm very proud of him for signing this. It was a uh, compassionate um, cannabis act for patients. And what this allows is that for any terminal patient that goes into any sort of hospital or healthcare facility in the state of California, they will not have their medical cannabis taken away from them. Oh, my goodness. Right. And so the, the, this is great. This is perfect. This is what we need because fantastic. way too many patients go from assisted living and been doing well on cannabis, how to fall or something end up in long-term care and long-term care, because it is um, because of how the charting goes, they would not allow the cannabis med to go into that facility. So the patient would decline and then be, and then decline to a level where they were stuck in long-term care and that's where they died. And if they could get their cannabis medication that they were using in assisted living, they would have been fine. So I am thrilled that this has gone through. However, nobody knows the reg how to make this work. Hospitals how to implement it. Exactly. Hospitals don't know. Oh, God. No well, standard operating in, procedure. Exactly. If I have a patient coming in with cannabis and I need to put them on anesthesia. do I No have to patient release forms. Anesthesiologist said no thing about cannabis. 
Exactly. So it's just a mess. So I appreciate that he approved it. It's what should have happened. But now this is the PCC, the Pharmacist yep. Cannabis Coalition of California. That's we so are wonderful. here to fix this problem. We are here to say, hey, you guys don't know cannabis. We know cannabis and we are a group of everything. We of have uh, practitioners such as right. myself. We have people who are specifically hospital pharmacists. We have, as Dr. Co- you know, Dr. Cody is on the um, on the group as well, and Dr. Cody oh, is a hospital pharmacist, pediatric. Leia, thank you for ribbing him in the, um, you know, for me. Thank you oh, for absolutely. that, darling. He, 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 uh, thank you for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he's he's amazing, and so you know, I always say he's the yin to my yang. Like he's got the he's the pediatrics, he's got the research side, he's all into like as nerdy as you can go. That is. I the know. more data and science you can get, that's Cody. And it kind of feels much- like hanging on to Einstein around him. You yeah. know? <laughs> exactly. So for me, it's really great because, you know, he doesn't do patient care when it comes to cannabis. I do. So it's great because he's got the data. Yeah. I've got the patient experience. So yes. together, he helps me with new data on new treatment protocols and I help him with how patient reactions are so that we both work with each other to help patients. So it's actually works fantastic. So he's the hospital uh, pediatric side. I'm the, I'm the geriatric patient care side. Then we also have actually two um, California um, instructors as well. So we have people who work um, with um, different uh, school uh, pharmacy schools in California as well. Oh gosh. Yep. And we also have a cannabis lawyer, um, as well as another practitioner who gives who speak or speaker, really. So we have a speaker who goes off and speaks to provi- uh, practi- uh, practitioners about cannabis. And we have a cannabis lawyer who makes sure that we do everything on the up and up and make sure that we keep the regulations and we get to the right people to get the regulations fixed. So we are heavily struggling. So you know, definitely Californians, especially if you're a California pharmacist, feel free to reach out if you want to get involved. Um, but in general, like we are here to help California fix these problems and get this regulation back to, to the basics. Like we Girl, really you are it. on fire with this. I'm so proud for you. I've got I'm, I will have to say in every organization and group you work with, it's the people you work with. It's not the organization. So I I want to right here say thank you to the six members of the PCCC, the Pharmacy Coalition of California, because they are fantastic. They are hard workers and the only focus, this is not a paid for, none of us are getting, none of the six of us are getting paid for this. This is specifically to help the patients in the state of California and the providers to understand how to utilize cannabis therapy properly with their patients. This is what we're here for. You're going to lay the groundwork that will, that will resolve these issues. Exactly. I mean, our goal is, you know, to hit a point where there's a question about utilizing a certain product or um, somebody utilizing, and they're saying, who do we go to, to ask what to do? That's what we plan to be. We plan to be that board to, Hey, you know what, PCCC, we're not sure about what to do with this dosage for this patient. What, what, you know, what's the best recommendation? What do we do? Right. Exactly. PCC is going to become the new go-to. Exactly. So that's our goal. And then the goal is, is that we hope that, you know, other states who don't, who have, you know, disappointing regulations the way California does, we're hoping they follow suit and they stand up and a group of, um, whether it's pharmacists or other healthcare professionals stand up and say, nope, 
we're going to change the regulations in our state. We're going to take the lead of the PCC and we're going to start fixing our own state because that's what needs to happen is for those who don't have good medical regulations, you need to do something because everybody right. complains. We're all good right. at complaining. We're fantastic at complaining, but we're not good at doing. So the first thing you want to do if you want to fix something is you need to do something. Right. And the best way to do that is get a group of people who actively want to do something to fix it too. And then with the group, figure out what's your first step. Right. What's the best step? The first step, do I talk to my assembly member? Do I, you know, do I contact the governor? You know, what is my first step? And then once you figure out that, you just keep going down the line. You just keep removing the, the barriers in the way as you go. You are inspiring all the way from California over here to Florida. You are inspiring. You are. Does PCCC, is it two C's or three C's? Does it have a website? (laughs) Yeah, it makes me stutter. Yeah, no, it's okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> we had to make sure it wasn't the CPC because then it's like the, the yeah, right. then it was like communist <laughs> communist party stuff. Like, so we can't do that. <laughs> so um, there was a lot of we were joking while we were making up the name. We it was kind of like all set up. We're like, nah, that sounds like we're saying communist party. We need to change it. <laughs> um, so it was actually quite funny setting up the organization. Because, but I we're bet. still in the process. We've got our email just setting up. Um, we have our basic uh, information on LinkedIn, so you can definitely look us up on LinkedIn, which uh, you'll be looking up Pharmacists Cannabis uh, Coalition of California. Um, and you'll find us. And, you know, um, we haven't posted yet, but we're going to start, um, we're, we're going to get some posts put up there. Cody's going to, um, in you know, make sure that he puts right. his updated research into that area. Um, any sort of products that I review that I think are really helpful for patients, I'm going to make sure to post that on there. Um, are you also going to be vetting different uh dispensaries or just different products we legally cannot dispense we can legally cannot vet dispensaries because that um then it kind of gets into a gray area of us like because then it becomes like more consumerism and then it's it's not the medical side Mm -hmm. so um we can't vet dispensaries um, we can and we can help to build regulation that will enforce dispensaries to have certain like, for example, right now, dispensaries are not regu- uh, required to have any sort of education for their bud tenders. They can if they would like to, but they are not obligated. So the bud tender literally could be off the street, random person that you hire, put in a dispensary and really no different than like a clerk that you might see at, you know, your local grocery store. That's about all we've got over here. Exactly. So the problem is, is that, you know, could these bud tenders off the street be amazing? Absolutely. But they need proper education. And the only way to get the proper education is if if their dispensary enforces that they have to be trained properly. And what ends up happening is, the dispensaries say to themselves, well, why would I lose money to have to, like, why would I pay to educate each one of my people? That's just extra money I need to spend. So if the regulations don't force me to do it, I'm not going to do it. And that's what happens. At the end of the day, cannabis has become very, very um, capitalistic and not mm-hmm. focused on the medicinal side. So mm-hmm. that's what we can do as the PCC um, you know, PCCC is, uh, we can, yeah, even I've lost it that time. Uh, we can make sure that we fix the regulations and get new regulations approved to improve the dispensary. So we're not trying to vet the dispensaries. We're not trying to fix the dispensaries in the idea of going in manually. We're trying to fix how all dispensaries 
into California or run. Trying to fix the system. Yep, because if you try and to the attitude, it's got to be about the attitude happen. as well, right? Yeah, it's got to be about the attitude as well. There, there's exactly. got to be and a participatory attitude between all of the medical professionals and stop with the lords and ladies thing. <laughs> exactly, and that's and that's where we're. So that's what we're doing. Is our focus is getting those regulations fixed and improved, being a body where people can, an organization that people can contact with uh, questions to um, on setting up protocols for hospitals to utilize cannabis. Um, the same thing for long term care facilities. Um, so really, it's really important because so many practitioners and providers in the state of California don't know cannabis. And due to this, now that all hospitals and all facilities are now obligated to allow their terminal patients to bring in cannabis, this is going to cause a lot of disconnect. And again, that's what we're here. That's what the PCCC is here for. I'm really tickled about uh, the organization going on behind the scenes for all of us. This is going to help so many people and, and, you know, the credentials that you all have will make it go all the faster because you, you know, everybody will believe you and understand that you're the experts. You want to giggle on one more thing? Yeah. um, I'm a lot of people have heard of this organization. It's, it's national. Um, It's called the society of cannabis clinicians. Yeah. I'm a member. uh, I am a member too, and I'm also on their credentialing board. They've opened a new credentialing committee or committee, and our goal is to get set credentials set up for healthcare, uh, for cannabis healthcare professionals, because there are too many people right now saying, oh, I'm an expert. Oh, I'm an expert. Oh, I'm an expert. Oh yeah, I can help that person. Oh yeah. I'm an, I mean, like I am this profession, I'm this health type of healthcare professional and I've read about cannabis, so I can totally help patients with cannabis. And that's what we need to get around. We need, that's what our, that's what the credentialing committee is focused on is to make sure that we set up guidelines to make sure that we can properly credential all providers and practitioners in cannabis and to make sure that it's not just, A, we want to make sure they go through a proper credentialing um, Mm -hmm. process, but not just that. We also want to make sure they can, it's, it's one, so many places, so many companies have certification courses where, okay, as long as you watch everything, you're certified. Good job. Congrats. But did you really learn what you needed to? Are you really good at doing the thing or did you just watch things for hours and play on your phone while it was going on in the background? And that, right. And that is specifically what we want to try to prevent. So not only are we looking into um, proper credentialing courses for, for, for um, healthcare professionals, but also for um, testing to make sure that they have a test which will give them the actual credential that says I am a credentialed cannabis practitioner. And then that way, you know, there's not this back and forth of like, Oh, I, I'm a, I'm a coach. I'm a cannabis coach. I'm a cannabis coach. I'm a cannabis coach. It's like, everybody's a cannabis coach, but majority of them are not even healthcare professionals. If I were to say to them, what would you do if this patient's on this medication and they want to start cannabis? The answer is, I don't know. I just start with the same thing for every patient. It's like, wow. That's not good. That's and, not good. You know, I've, I've seen some, you know, practitioners that are starting patients on five milligrams of THC when they've never tried THC before in their life. It's like, no, like just because the literature says a one-to-one and in your state, you found a one-to-one that happens to be 
you know, a gummy, but it's 10 milligrams, like to tell them to take half. No, like I don't, I don't even start my patients that are cannabis naive on THC unless their ailment needs it. And, and they're okay with the utilization of it. But truthfully, I don't usually, I start with CBD and then I slowly upgrade to THC and the other cannabinoids based on their ailment. And that's how you, and based on their meds too. And that's why it's so important to have somebody who knows what they're doing. Check everything. Do you, do you generally start with a, um, an isolate or do you try to use full spectrum for that? first? I truthfully always try my best to use a, um, not just a full spectrum, but a whole plant full spectrum. And there is a slight difference. Um, at this point in time, there's a lot of, I wouldn't say that they're improperly labeled or technically properly labeled full spectrum just means it has all the cannabinoids and all the terpenes in it, but it doesn't mean that it's whole plant. It just means that it's got, so you can have isolates of terpenes, isolates of THC, isolates of CBD, isolates of other cannabinoids all put back into a formula together and they can still call that full spectrum. So I'm a firm believer of whole plant full spectrum, meaning it was a direct extract from a whole plant, not isolates. You just helped me understand what the dispensaries are doing here because I see these clear colored products coming out and they're calling them full spectrum. And I'm like, wondering, how? How, how, how are you, how do you define full spectrum? Oh, it's got all the compounds in it. Yeah, but then why is this product clear? Why does it, why does it not smell like herb? Why does right. it not taste like herb? I'm not a fan of the herbal taste, but a lot of people are. I am not. So I always try to find a company which kind of tries to balance their herbals with some sort of essential oils to kind of taper the flavor a bit. Um, yeah. but again, if, but if it tastes herby, you know, it's coming from an herb, you know, it's sure. coming from full plant, whole plant, like you said, whole plant. exactly. Now so I see, plant, now I get spectrum. it. So I always yeah. say to people too, if anything, if you read anything and it says broad spectrum, but there's THC in it, or you read something that says full spectrum that says no THC, do not take those products because that means that manufacturer does not know what the term full spectrum or broad spectrum means. And that means you don't really know what you're taking since they don't, if they don't know those basics, then how can you trust their product to know what they put in that product? Right. So, yeah. So I always like to start with, um, uh, um, whole plant, full, um, uh, whole plant, full spectrum. Full spectrum extract. Yep. And, um, I usually like to start with CBD because to be honest, CBD in general, um, especially in like, mild doses, like, you know, in the twenties, uh, like 20, you know, 10, 15, 20, usually I don't go below 10. Um, we'll see kind of a generalized benefit for cannabis naive patients. A lot of times that will actually cause a lot of a benefit, especially at 20. So I always like to still got a little teeny bit of THC in it anyway. Very, very tiny. And that's the other thing that a lot of people really need to understand is 0.3% THC to be a... It's like three dots of sand. Well, it's not really. So that's the problem. That's the biggest problem is that you can't go by percentage. And this is why I explain this. So let's say you have a one kilogram cake. That's 2.2 pound, a 2.2 pound cake. Now, if you got a double layer cake, that could be about 2.2 pounds easily. That's not that difficult to do. Right. So let's say you take, okay, well, that's a thousand, that, that, that's a one kilogram cake. That's a thousand, that's a thousand milligrams. So a, a cake, a whole cake can have three milligrams of THC in it and that whole thing. So it's like, you know, let's say somebody ate that whole cake. 
Okay, well, they just took in three milligrams of THC. Now, mind you, I'm going to tell you right now, three milligrams of THC, that's not horrible. That's not very much at all. But at the same time, you know, as much as it's not that much, you still can get more than you expect because and a tincture point, you know, 0.3 THC can be, you know, 0.3 milligrams. It can effective. be milligrams. You can, you can milligrams. have an effect from it. Exactly. And that's right. the problem is that they are using percentages when they should be using milligrams. I was like, it's one thing for them to say, you know, um, you can't have more than three milligrams of THC or two milligrams or one milligram of THC sent through the mail. It's a completely different thing when you say 0.3%, because the larger the product, the more milligrams you can have. Right. Right. So that's, and so that's why I'm, that's why I always argue against percentages. It should always be milligrams because because it, it's like dosing. It's like, okay, well, the highest dose of a medication would be this dose. So I'm not going to tell you that it's a percentage of this, you know, oh, you can do Percocet in this percentage. No, that doesn't make any sense. You need the milligrams. And it's the right. same thing. And that's how it should be with cannabis. So that's why I always, you know, explain to people, you really need to, you know, really look into what things mean. And that's why it's so important to have, you know, to understand like what people are saying and what things are saying. So, um, you know, for example, I have a bunch, I have some CBD tinctures that got sent to me. One of them um, based and it, again, it's based on the entire product. So as long as it's 0.2, 0.3% THC, it doesn't matter how many milligrams. So one of my tinctures, because they have so many other endocannabinoids, I'm sorry, so many other cannabinoids in the product. It's a great product too. Um, but since they have so many um, other cannabinoids and the base and all that kind of stuff, I have a product with uh, 1.4 milligrams of THC per dose. And that's specifically because in this product, it's zero point, it, it comes out to be about 0.3% THC. Hmm. So it's, yeah, it's so crazy. Just like percentages can mean nothing. It can mean everything. So um, Boy, no kidding. Yeah. So that's why I always want them. So I really do want THC to be in the product personally. Um, I don't like, I don't really like to start a product for a patient that's above um, 0.5 for a kid. I don't like a product above 0.25 for THC um, just because again, you know, and I usually would start that around dinner time or bedtime. So it's at the end of the day, you know, just to see how the effect is because People who have never, um, you know, started accessing their um, CB1 receptors or CB2 receptors, yeah. you know, might find that when they start opening them, that the effect is just so strong that they don't need anything near that high. So, oh goodness, yeah. Because even, I mean, even 0.5, you know, for me, you know, you know, for you know, for somebody who utilizes cannabis medicine, you know, for my kajillion ailments, uh -huh. um, including insomnia, you know, like at bedtime, a 10 milligram gummy, um, a 10 milligram THC gummy along with some CBN can work fantastic for me. But I would never give that to a new patient. To be honest, I would start them on CBD for bedtime because until they tr until they have enough C uh, THC in their system to start triggering different responses to the CBD. CBD is very effective for sleep for cannabis naive patients. So it really comes down to start very low, go very slow and keep it low. So if something works great, it doesn't mean that more is going to work better. And that's the one thing I always say to patients is what works for patient A will not work for patient B, C, D, E, and so on. <laughs> and, and, right. what is, and, like, and what is considered you know, a high dose or a low dose is, is again, going to be different between patient A, B, C, and D. Like 
I, 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 if I'm very, very anxious and have a lot of anxiety um, going on, then two milligrams of THC for me, along with the higher CBD, I do, I do very well on, I function very well. I'm completely clear headed. I don't have any issues, you know, for cognitive effects. Um, but I feel relaxed, calm physically and mentally, and that's fantastic for my anxiety. However, I can tell you right now, if I were to give that, that same dose to my grandmother, she'd probably be like, Oh, I'm feeling good. And probably stop using her rollator and probably go running around the, the, the place, you know, just loopy off her mind. So, um, you know, and that, and for me, I'm like, Oh, two milligrams is nothing, but that's for me. Right. And so for, for, so the dose in, in every sort of in toxicology, they always say the dose makes the poison. Mm-hmm. So it's, it really comes down to that is what works for you works for you. And that's the only thing you need to know about cannabis therapy is your dose is for you. It's, there is a Leia dose. There is a honey dose. Finding a- that <laughs> dose can be a little elusive. I, I want to confess, Oh, I, you know, I, I've been elusive. in this industry for years now and I'm still kind of trying to find the dose that does, that works the best for me. And that's not anybody's fault except a youthful industry that has yet to put standardization at work and that's and that's the other thing i always tell people it's products are not products are also different from each other product a is completely different from product b c d e and so on so the reason i say that is because i had a patient who was doing very very well on um on thc and cbd tablets he was doing very well he was very balanced on it the problem is he needed a much higher dose and the tablets would be astronomically expensive if, yep. were to, if they were to go that way. So we had to move to gummies. Well, they're both long, they're both long, you know, long standing meds, uh-huh. both meds that are good for maintenance, but again, it's going to have sugar in it. So it's going to affect him differently. It's got other things. Mm-hmm. So we had to up the dose because we found that to be honest, the pill dose was fine. But when we went to the gummies, we had to change the dose. Then they didn't have gummies, but they had chocolate. So then we had to change the dose again. And even though they're both edibles, even the both, they both have sugar and everything in them. They, the chocolate did not react the same way that the gummy did. So <gasps> it's like we ever, so that's the other thing that people have to know is just because you find one good product that works great does not mean that another product that, ha- that, Oh, I use this five milligram gummy. It was fantastic. That doesn't mean that that other company's five milligram gummy is going to affect you the same way. It can affect you completely differently. It probably and, and probably will. And the chocolate effect had a different effect because of the fat content in it, or the caffeine in it. Because or ca- the caffeine cocoa always has a little bit of caffeine. So right. there's so many things. Even one pill to the next pill, one capsule to the next capsule. Right. Every and that's why I always say you try. You need to do your best to try to find a product that works for you and a product that's going to maintain at that dispensary. Cause that's the other thing is a lot of dispensaries have products going in and out, in and out, in and out based off patient interest. And so if they say, Oh, well, this product isn't doing so well, even though it's the best medical medicinal product that they have in that dispensary, they might get rid of it because it's not a seller. You know, it's all, it's all, you know, it's all commercial. It's all based off of finances. So, Hey, if this product isn't, isn't get people aren't buying it, then we're not going to sell it anymore. So I always say to people, make sure you get a product that you can get regularly because to have to start or at least get two products that you could say, okay, well, if this product isn't in stock, I know that I need to use this form at this dose to get the same effect. 
And that's, yeah. and, and that's why labeling also is so important. It's so important. Oh, and yeah. it's done so poorly out here. Oh, yeah. Every dispensary is different and, you know, and the, and the typing is so tiny that, that you have to get a magnifying glass out oh, yeah. to, to read it, you Absolutely. know. Or, and that's or why take some... a picture of it with your phone and blow it up, <laughs> that sort of thing. Exactly. Just... And that's why in some states you've got regulation where they, in some states, uh, I know Connecticut's one of them, they obligate that every single cannabinoid and every single terpene is put on the label. So that's the first thing. And I love that. And the reason I love that is because I don't care how many plants that you have in front of you all call the same chemical strain or the, 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 the plant strain name. So, Oh, all of these are Hawaiian haze. All of these are tangy or whatever. Oh, that makes me insane. I, I, none of them. They, you know what? That Hawaiian haze might be closer in, in, in chemical assay, like to look the same to the tang to one of the tangies. And they might even look to one of their fellow, um, you know, same, you know, same strain, you know, uh, plants. And that's why it's so important to have the regulation uh, to have all cannabinoids put on the label, because when a patient wants to find a flower that matches a flower that worked great for them, they should be able to take the package and say, Hey, this worked for me. Do you have a strain that has close to these aspects? And then the, the butt tender would easily would help butt tenders too, because then they can say, huh, Okay, well, here, let me compare it to all the ones we have. Oh, this one is the closest to what you were had before. This is the one you should use. And that's what Connecticut does. And I am. Oh, really? It's fascinating. I'm like, that is, that's the only way you can properly do flowers since flower changes from, from grow to grow. So it's phenomenal. And patients have like my, uh, I have, I have family members in, in Connecticut and the ones who uh, utilize cannabis medicine have literally done exactly that. They said, you know, when I came in here last, I, I bought this. This worked really well. What do you have that's just like this? And they would take it and the butt tender went to all the other, you know, uh, flower they had in the shop, compared it to all of them and said, oh, this is the one that's the closest to what you brought in, um, to the, to the uh, package you brought in. So he got the exact, every time he goes in, he gets meds that are going to, a uh, flower that's going to yeah. affect him about the same way, which... You will never, you don't have that right now in California. No. God, you have no idea what you're going to get for flowering. No idea. And they try to tell me these stupid names and I look at them like they've got horns growing out of their ears, you know, because they're, it, the, the names are meaningless to me. They don't give me any terpene content or profile exactly. or assay or anything. And it's just, you know, <clears throat> so I say, well, honey, I'm looking for something that's going to, you know, uh, quell my pain, but not, you know, don't want to get too buzzy, you know. And then yeah. when I talk to them like that, they start pointing to different stuff. Yeah. But it's just it's, silly. You're going to laugh, actually. So everybody keeps asking me about indica versus sativa, indica versus sativa. And I hate that because, um, oh my God, like maybe back in the day in the 70s, maybe there was indica versus sativa. Do you know how many things are technically hybrids at this point? It's just ridiculous. So well, type so, one, type two, type three, and now they're working on a type four, aren't they? Yeah. So type one, um, oh, Cody was doing this one recently. I'm trying to remember. I believe okay, uh, type one is marijuana. It's THC only. Yep. 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 And then type two is a one-to-one. Yep. Type three is CBD dominant, but yes. still has THC. I think four is straight CBD without the THC. Would That's what my guess would be, but I'm not sure. Um, but the whole thing is oh. that's what you should do. It should be THC only or THC dominant equal CBD dominant. That's really right. what people should be looking for. And right. what I, but, but because everybody keeps asking me about sativa versus indica, 
I just kind of, you know, I have um, flour, which I got from um, Hall of Flowers um, to help a dispensary decide what would the best um, flour to be to utilize for um, medicinal patients. And um, while testing the different flowers, we realized that um, we realized that like I started writing things down because I got really curious about, you know, okay, this we would write down. This was the smell. This is the taste. This is the effect. And what I found is I will admit that I have found that the ones that seem to do the most beneficial, beneficial medicinal side for me, specifically for pain, happened to be the the ones that said hybrid or the ones that said indigo. It was never a straight sativa that did the medicinal for me. So that's your personal. Exactly. That is what, that's what Dr. Alea's medicine is. Assessment. I know that for me, if I want to help my pain, the sativas aren't doing it for me. I need to have the indica, but that's again, that's me specifically. And to be honest, for pain, a one-to-one is even better. So, and really what we want to focus on is what's the right medicine for you and how to figure it out. And that's, and so ignore the words like indica, ignore the words like sativa and really say to yourself, what is in this product that I am ingesting? How many milligrams of what is in this? And that's where people need to focus on. Did you hear what she said there? Ignore indica and ignore sativa and look at what really is in that product that you're purchasing so that you understand what you're ingesting and how it affects you. Now that you understand what you're supposed to be looking for, we can thank Dr. Leia for taking us behind the curtain to help us see how we can navigate this live plant therapy for ourselves. We'll be back with a final episode in this series with our friend, Dr. Leia Johnson, next time you visit the Cannabivarum Podcast. You've been listening to another Cannabivarum podcast with 21st century cannabis shaman, Honey Smith Walls, that's me, about the importance of using verifiably safe products, the process of becoming diagnosed for problems and taking your records to a cannabis specialist can lead you to the correct cannabinoid therapy for those issues. Otherwise, you're just your own guinea pig looking for answers without any foundational knowledge or ability to determine the best choices or strategies. To find help in a cannabis expert in your area, visit CannabisClinicians.org. That's CannabisClinicians.org. And unless otherwise proven by a reputable third-party lab test, please be advised that all street weed is contaminated. It may do grave harm to a patient with a delicate immune system who already has inflammatory issues like arthritis, IBS, fibromyalgia, or worse. It would mean the world to me for you to join my dear audience. If you subscribe to the podcast, you won't miss the latest news about cannabis, straight from the source. And if you subscribe to my newsletter, you'll be part of a project to understand the effects of cannabis on the public. Your anecdotal cannabis testimonies are priceless to me. So it's not just you learning, it's me learning what you need to learn. Then I can make that happen for you and show you the way without being repetitive for those advanced patients. Ah, there's so much to learn, and it's fascinating. Come on along on this cannabis journey with us and be part of a real-time study. 
I'll report back to the scientists about you, informally, of course, and they'll report their new discoveries to us. I love this synergy in the heart of the moment. You'll find medical citations posted on my podcast blog when you visit to subscribe at cannabaverum.com. That's C-A-N-N-A-B-A-V-E-R-U-M dot com.